0: Midday live on SAFM 104
1: to 107. Five and a half minutes past 12. It's a brand new week, a brand new month. Only five months before the end of uh, the year and uh, nine months before the elections in 2014, uh, before two decades of uh, democracy. My name is Bongi Kuala. It's good to have you with us right here on SAFM 104 to 107. Oh, what a weekend of uh, politics, uh, drama, and sport. Yes, President Barack Obama has uh, been here and left, but uh, what a weekend for South Africa. That press conference for me uh, with uh, President Jacob Zuma uh, was uh, the highlight of my weekend. I think President Zuma really held his own there. He was precise, firm, to the point, clear, confident. And I want to go on and say a true statement I was really encouraged and uh, was pleased to be a South African Well done to President Zuma But uh, Obama in that particular press conference For me, uh, was not what uh, we have come to know him of Uh, I think he was uh, too cautious, too aware of uh, what he wanted to say Uh, But uh, boy, oh boy, give him that interaction with the young people At uh, the Soweto campus of UJ I think the last question by uh, a gentleman from uh, Limpopo on U.S. foreign policy, on environment was great, uh, and Obama really thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, what about Cape Town last night? He was uh, out of this world. So, big ups to the two presidents. But a lot of issues coming out of uh, the S.A.U.S. meeting. Trade was uh, was on top. Uh, the Chinese made it high up there, uh, and of course, a conference of Af- uh, of African leaders in the U.S. Uh, next year was also mentioned. Uh, Seven billion rand in the Power Africa initiative also. Exciting, uh, but uh, I liked it when uh, one, uh, one student, I think, uh, from uh, uh, the education department at UJ Spoke about uh, the Tisha-Learner uh, ratio And Obama retorting that uh, he will speak to his team to see what is possible So very exciting Your highlight uh, for the weekend was uh, uh, oh, is Kevin Anderson at least uh, ever going to beat uh, Thomas Burditch uh, That guy really is his uh, He has beaten him nine straight times on the trot uh, this Thomas Berdich uh, beating our own South African Kevin Anderson. He's uh, ranked number 27, this uh, Kevin Anderson, in the world. Spain, oh, what about the Brazilians? Uh, that is how you humble your opponent. World and European champion Spain were handed a humiliating 3-0 defeat by Brazil in the Confederations Cup final this morning, ending Spain's three-year record run of 29 unbeaten competitive matches. And of course, finally, the PSL transfer window opened today, by the way, so some teams will need to go to the market to shop or offload some of uh, the dead wood, as we call it. We welcome your SMSs on 34701, otherwise you can tweet us at Kuala B News at SAFM Midday Live, Midday Live at SABC.co.za, Kuala B at SABC.co.za. To our top story this hour, a large group of journalists have gathered outside the Eastern Cape High Court in Tata, where former President Nelson Mandela's grandson, Chief Manla Mandela, uh, or his uh, legal representatives, are expected to appear. Chief Mandela is to challenge a ruling handed down last week by the same court regarding the exhumation of uh, the remains of uh, the former President's three children. The matter involves 16 members of the family, including Madiba's wife, Krasa Michelle, and his uh, surviving children. For more on this now, we're joined on the line by our reporter, Unati Pingo. Good afternoon to you, Unati.
0: Thank you very much, uh, Bongi.
1: Tell us uh, what's happening at the um, uh, Eastern Cape High Court in Umtata. Uh, the last time we checked, there was a large contingent of uh, journalists gathering there. What's happening right now as we speak?
0: Well, there still is uh, Bongi, and uh, uh, camped outside, they still are. Nothing has happened in that courtroom just yet. Uh, but I can confirm is that uh, both um, legal representatives of both sides. Are actually inside the court and um, they are still waiting. And um, we heard that uh, the delay was partly due to the absence of the judge, who is said to be travelling from the direction of East London. Uh, he hasn't arrived yet, so nothing has happened in the courtroom so far. But journalists are still parked, are uh, still camped outside, and there, they, there are some. Uh, crews who, uh, who have travelled uh, to the Mthaca airport, uh, there were rumours that Mackenzie um, um, and the likes uh, will also make an appearance as well at the court um, but speaking to, to their legal representative, uh, Mr David Hayes you um, could not deny or confirm that, but there are still people uh, who are at the airport as well and they are tools waiting for anything that may
1: happen. Chief Manza Mandela or his legal representatives were to appear today have they arrived? Do you know there were talks of Manza not even uh, uh, coming through
0: to the courtroom. No, we, we do not expect uh, Chief Manja Mandela to make any appearance at the court today. However, um, his legal representatives are indeed here uh, waiting for the judge who's going to preside over this case um, to arrive. So they are here, they are ready. Um, I, so I suppose they believe they do have some legal grounds um, to actually challenge uh, and maybe win this case and, and they have decided to, to challenge their rolling on Friday, last Friday's rolling rather.
1: Challenger win this case, really at the heart of it is the exhumation of uh, the remains of uh, former President's uh, three children. Maybe give us a, a quick rem- uh, reminder of uh, this case. How did it come about and what happened? There was an order that was granted to the 16 uh, family members and uh, just remind us of that quickly
0: indeed the uh, the the remains is what we are told um are uh, the main bone, bone of contention um, as it, as, it, as it is but um unfortunately the papers were not um, made available to the par- to, rather to, to the media on friday, so that's what we are running with um, but indeed uh, we understand that back in two thousand eleven um manza is believed to have we have exhumed um, um, three of the family members and uh, repaired them at umbrezo and when we called at him, uh, when we met him on Friday after the court ruling uh, on whether he indeed he did exhume those and those, um, those remains, he did not, maybe, want to to reveal much information about that, saying that amusement um, put prepared to comment on such uh, delicate family matters. Mm. Um, but yeah, the case is um, is actually happening, and um, yeah, it is. Um, We are following it now, and we are hoping to get some more information in that regard. But the remains that are being talked about are those of uh, um, Majiba's three children who have since passed on. um, uh, Among them is uh, Amanda Mandela's uh, father, uh, Mr. Mahatou Mandela.
1: And uh, ordinary people on the ground, how are they reacting to this?
0: Ordinary people on the ground... uh, a bit step with everything that is happening uh, uh, around these remains. They say that uh, this is un-African. It's something that they are not accustomed to. Um, they, and they they would love to see at the end of it. I mean, these are people who are regarded in the African culture uh, as being people who are in their resting places. And for them to be moved um, up and down like this and therefore legal battles to be going on um, on their names, they say it's very, very un-African. And uh, it will surely disturb and the spirit, and we had an, an opportunity to, to speak to a traditional, to an African traditional expert, who says, and um, they remove one of. Uh Remains is not um, of great significance as the removal of um, of, of the spirits. He says of more importance is the removal of the spirits. Mm. However, he also says that it's um, it's, it's not uh, something that they are accustomed to as traditional ex- uh, leaders rather uh, to see things like this being discussed in courts of law. They normally are discussed uh, between family members. But of okay. course, if there are serious disputes, then that um, people are forced to to, are forced to go for the legal route.
1: Okay, we thank you very much. Uh, Unati Pinose, uh, our reporter in Umtata at the Eastern Cape High Court. Let's stay with this matter now and uh, talk to the director of the Itamako Institute, Dr. Noguzola Mdende. Uh, 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 Dr. Mdende, good afternoon to you. And uh, help us uh, understand this. Uh, Unati is saying that uh, really, by uh, tradition-wise, this the, the matters like these are resolved at home by family. It's rare that you find these matters going to court. But uh, what do you make of this and what should we make of this?
2: Uh, first of all, uh, it's, uh, it's a pity that uh, the decision to remove those bones was if that is to include maybe than one individual because the bones is now under a severe pressure they have to be removed. Into the the division of the clothes from the more especially the elderly. And before they do that, they, 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 they have they call it the, a a caucus which you call ibunga. That means the first caucus of those who are very close. And there, there's a process whereby the elderly. Would go to the grave and talk to the person that because of one two three four stating the reasons we have decided to remove the bones to this place because of the to reason, reasons for doing that and it should be the person who should self introduce himself to be deceased, that is, I am so-and-so, the grand style of so-and-so, and so on and so on. So that should be a very close the number. Okay. Who is known by the person, and who is the rightful person to do that?
1: and who was the rightful person to do that in this particular case uh, did Mandla, uh, Chief Mandla have, have the right to remove the remains in the first place from Kunu to Mvezo and now that uh, we, we that there is this situation now that uh, there is a challenge for the remains to be exhumed and be re- buried back uh, at Kunu
2: you can on what that Ibunga decided if Ibunga says "Well, mandla you can leave. That would that be right. But this man that did that in the latter he is totally wrong. And again, the diffusion of Ibunda should be done by the elderly. And it should be done by the rightful person. For instance, it should be done eh, 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 by the uncles, blood brothers, if they were their great brothers, or Makato's son, from the wife to married. And, and th- he it, even that the correction was part and part of the decision. And that the uh, parents that have said, I'm very well, for so this, you can do that. That all right, uh, uh, okay. all
1: right uh, uh, the, the line really is not uh, too great here, uh, uh, Dr. Mdende, but uh, let, let's try and soldier on and see if we, we can pick up one or two other things uh, of, of interest. Really, sh- this has the potential to, to divide uh, uh, the, 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 the subjects, I mean, uh, in under the uh, Abatembu clan there, uh, or, or, or does it?
2: Yes, it, 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 it will divide them, because if it is right, that Manda did that unilaterally. Manda was totally wrong. Manda should have done
1: that because he has been manipulated by the family to do it. But it would appear he was not then because the sixteen have challenged him.
2: Then if he was not mandated by the family, he was totally wrong. So the family has got the right to challenge that. Mm. But my question, my question, Easy. I hope to tell you more. I hope the family is not only now that they are challenging it. I hope they have been challenging it for so long. It's only now
1: that this is exploding. Precisely my point, because I'm asking why was this matter allowed to uh, pan out and play itself out in the public, in in the courts, when you have uh, really a family and the elders who could have dealt with this matter as early as uh, 2011 when it happened, and even before then.
2: That is why I'm saying uh, I I hope the family challenged this from the very goal. Or it may happen, let us just be honest. It may happen that because they respect that Mandela, so they decided to keep quiet again. Hmm. All right. Maybe.
1: Okay because
2: of the status of the Mandela, maybe they were a complaining under
1: the cover. But also yeah. if now is exploding now, that means they have not been working from this very wet going. All right, uh, we thank you very much, uh, uh, Dr. Nogzola Mdende, the director of the Ikamako Institute. We apologize for that uh, poor line there. But also the question that why now uh, is this matter uh, surfacing, coming out uh, the way it is and playing itself out in the courts. At 19 minutes past 12, we stay with uh, the issue of uh, former President Nelson Mandela spending his 24th day in hospital where he remains in a critical but stable condition. scores of people continue to visit the hospital to wish the elderly statement well. Uh, our reporter Lila Machnas filed this report for us uh, from the hospital where Madiba is being treated. <laughs>
3: A wave of blue engulfed the Nelson Mandela tribute wall at the Heart Hospital as police men and women came to pray for Mandela.
1: one of our own in the life of a leader, a father, an icon, my Lord. We pray, my Lord, it is because of you, my Lord, that even up
3: to day he is still alive. It is because you are still saving your people. We pray, Father, that you strengthen him and all those that are alive. Pastor Moses Etibe had a message for Mandela and his family. We know that spiritually,
1: we are connecting with Him. Spiritually, we can touch Him. Spiritually, we can feel Him. Amen. So it means that we must have faith. Those who have given up faith, they must try again and come to Christ. Christ will tell them that Jesus is always in control. It is up to God. It is because of God that He has taken Him up to this far.
3: Mandela remains in a critical but stable condition Over the weekend his former wife Winnie Madikizela Mandela said he is doing well but still clinically ill President Jacob Zuma also said Mandela will hopefully come out of hospital soon Tributes on the wall at the entrance to the hospital have grown exponentially over the weekend. Messages of support come as far afield as Pakistan, Sudan, China and Haiti. Locally, Lanwin miners and the people from Linasia visited the wall and placed their placards at the wall. The security at the hospital remains tight. The media contingent seems to be getting smaller and has calmed down in comparison with last week. I am Lila Magnus in Pretoria.
1: 21 and a half minutes past 12.
0: Midday live on SAFM, 104 to 107.
1: Our top story this hour, the Department of Rural Development and Land Reform has issued a warning against syndicates and criminals who pre- uh, pretend to assist people in lodging land claims. Looking at the markets at this hour gold is trading at one thousand two hundred and forty two dollars and twenty cents an ounce platinum at one thousand three hundred and forty nine dollars an ounce. The rand is trading at nine rand ninety against the US dollar at fifteen rand ten to the pound and at thirteen rand to the euro.
4: Mahala airtime is back bigger and better Hello caller How can I win 50% free airtime? I've got skills eh uh-huh. I can rock climb without a harness Get a hole in my eyes closed Shoot. I can even walk backwards Oh with my... my friend You are a winner already Just by being with MTN All you have to do is recharge To get 50% Mahala airtime Every day at any time To make free MTN to MTN calls Send SMSs And use the internet Sweet but Now that's bigger and better Mahala for you Conditions applied Minimum recharge value is 10 Rand All eyes will be on the city of Joburg as it prepares to host the prestigious Metropolis Annual Meeting from 16 to 19 July 2013 under the theme, Caring Cities. Metropolis is a meeting of world mayors who come together to discuss issues of common concern in order to improve the quality of life for their citizens. The city is running a seed collection campaign in line with the meeting's sub-theme of food resilience. Collected vegetable seeds will be donated to child-headed families cooperatives and schools which run food gardens log on to joburg.org.za for details Joburg, proud host of world-class events proud host of metropolis
0: midday live on safm 104 to 107
1: Just a couple of SMSs coming through here. One from uh, uh, Tulani Sibandi says, uh, Hoping that uh, the Muslim lawyers will not consider charges against our president for providing shelter, uh, a so-called criminal Obama then. And uh, this one says... uh, what is all this exhumation about? It's unsigned. And coming from Ernest, says uh, Bongi, for a man with a little education, Zuma has routed all his uh, pompous elites since he's uh, trumped up charges of rape. And uh, this one uh, from Simba Rashe Kumbula says, why are foreign journalists attacked when they are doing uh, their job? But no one has blamed even the social media there. And uh, a tweet coming through at Kuala B News and uh, at SAFM Midday Live is from uh, Max uh, Mungero, uh, also wearing uh, a chest missing uh, yeah, we okay. kept them. Uh, he says, it would seem to me there is more fight to come on uh, many of uh, Madiba's belongings. Uh, do you remember the artworks challenge of trustees? And uh, this one, Dow uh, Thomas says, I think uh, it's a uh, uh, disrespectful to move the bones of uh, the deceased up and down and for the matter to be playing out in the public domain Says uh, Dawud Doma there at uh, Dick Edson-Moya. It's at 25 minutes past 12 right here on uh, Midday Live on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader AMCO has given Glenco Extractor a 7-day ultima- ultimatum to rehire more than 1,000 workers Fired at a Chrome Mines for wildcat protest or face unspecified action This follows a march to the offices of Extractor Where the union gave the mine management a memorandum of demands From on this now, we talk to uh, AMCO President Joseph Matunja. Mr Matunja, good afternoon to you You have given a, a seven-day ultimatum to Glencore Extractor Otherwise, they face unspecified action Maybe let's start right from there What uh, What action are you talking about?
5: Legal actions, everything that is within the legal ambit, that's what you are referring to. Can be protest, continuation of the protest, to their head office, and um, to their operations.
1: Okay, alright, so so you, you could also take them to court, is that what you say?
5: Yes, yes. Uh, in They've already responded, they've denied all these allegations, they said no, they are clean. They don't practice any uh, racial practices at their workplace. Mm. Uh, but we do have evidence of such that indeed they do practice. Mm. Uh, therefore, there's a situation at this point in time that we are facing. Okay. But as AMCO, we won't just fold our hands and just live by what they are telling us. We well, have already referred the matter to CCMA for unfair dismissal of these workers and then we'll take it from there. But we'll also pursue you other avenues.
1: All right. Let, let, let's go back to, to your march to uh, our extractor offices uh, last week where you handed a memorandum of, uh, of demands. How was that uh, march uh, uh, received, first by, by your members but also by, by the mine management? And what was contained uh, uh, on your memorandum of uh, demands?
5: Yes. The members, they did welcome. They were happy about uh, the manner in which we are standing up for their rights at the workplace. And the the CEO never pitched. He he made an excuse that uh, he's not available, but he was in his office. They sent uh, some of their executives to come and receive the memorandum. Mainly the memorandum, the content of the memorandum was... Dealing with the issue of racism at the workplace, Uh, it was not about the issue of uh, wage demands or other mutual interest issues. Remember, these workers were protesting about these racism practices at the workplace. It was not about uh, demands uh, at the workplace uh, pertaining wages Mm. and so forth, you know.
1: I'm wondering if uh, the the, the likes of uh, the Chamber of Mines, for instance, have been exposed to this. I mean, you're making quite uh, serious allegations here. You're saying that uh, the central management office is a white-only office. The only black workers found there are only cleaners and tea ladies. You are saying that uh, the, the underground shift roster white shift bosses work only the day shift while the black shift bosses work only the night shift you are talking about uh, uh, blacks being uh, referred to uh, as scaffolds and uh, and, uh, and and all sorts of things really the, the, this is serious so surely you need to to take this up uh, with uh, with the with the body like uh, the chamber of mines what are they saying
5: uh we have not taken to the board uh, our chamber of mines uh but we will be engaging uh, all those authorities, uh, even the DMR itself, mm. to the that Director General of the DMR. Uh, those are the uh, authorities that we will be uh, uh, involving. And furthermore, uh, it will be an issue that we're going to be raised in this Deputy President Initiative of uh, Stability in the Mining Industry. We're going to raise it very seriously. Mm. that these workers, uh, they find themselves where they are because of the provocation from the employer, who fail. And the very same white supervisor, not that I'm uh, I'm a racist, but he's been uh, dismissed from two different companies or mines around Steelport for the same offense of assaulting black workers physically.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm raising this uh, uh, because it would appear to me that uh, you went about it uh, the, 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 the upside-down way. You, you started by embarking on a strike, and uh, that led to uh, at least 1,075 of your members uh, being dismissed. And uh, you haven't even taken it up to the proper, uh, you know, uh, role players in the in the mining sector.
5: No, this matter was raised. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not trying to to talk issues that I spoke to the relevant authorities, but it was raised up to the level of the deputy president in our bilateral. So therefore, it's not to suggest that uh, we haven't uh, made any uh, communications to other high offices.
6: Mm. And
5: also, it should be also put into consideration that this is not only AMCO members, this was the workers' effort. It happened, AMCO is a majority union. NUM members were part of that. All workers, they were protesting against this racism that the West
1: Okay. we got you. Joseph Matunja, thank you very much. He is the president of AMCO at Glencore Extractor at 12.30 and it's time for the news headlines. Midday live on SAFM 104 to 107. Thank you very much Nancy Richards. We'll see you then between 1 and 2 right here on SAFM 104 to 106. Let's go to Cairo now where anti-government protesters in Egypt have stormed the national headquarters of President Mohamed Morsi's Muslim Brotherhood in Cairo, Egypt. Protesters are reported to have ransacked the building in the capital's Mokattam district and also set it on fire. Earlier, the opposition movement behind the protests uh, that saw millions take to the streets across Egypt on Sunday gave uh, Mr Morsi until Tuesday to resign. For the latest on this, now we go to our Egypt-based correspondent, Hadayat Abdelna, Good afternoon to you, Hadeet.
7: Good afternoon.
1: What can you tell us? What's the latest situation right now? We saw thousands of people from both sides converging at Tahrir Square, and uh, really, it looked like uh, there was going to be no, no, a case. not on
8: both sides. You have you have Tahrir Square, which is the uh, opposition to President Morsi, and you have Rabah al Adawaiya Mosque, which is the supporters of President Morsi. Okay. Just to clarify
1: it. Okay, thank you for clarifying that. But uh, they were coming from both sides and uh, they were they were all really uh, ready to, to, to fight for their cause. But uh, please bring us up to speed with what is happening right now.
8: Well, um, as um, footage uh, shows, there are crowds of people in front of the headquarters of the Muslim Brotherhood in Hill in jubilation because it has been stormed. And uh, several of the young demonstrators or uh went up the roof and uh, hailed the flag of Egypt, with a sign of sovereignty of Egypt, uh, and not of the Muslim Brotherhood.
1: Yeah, but I'm saying, what is the situation right now? Is it, is it calm? Is there, is, is it uh, tense? Uh, who is doing what? We we hear no, now no, no,
8: that... no, it's uh, it's still. You know, we don't start. Uh, Big uh, moves and marches before 4 p.m. Cairo time. Therefore, there are hundreds of people in Tahrir Square. Uh, I don't know at the mosque if there are thousands or hundreds, but there are many. And um, the situation will unfold after 4 p.m. when marches from all walks of life go to Tahrir Square and go to the mosque where the supporters reside. We know that, as you mentioned in your uh, brief summary, that uh, the rebellion uh, movement has announced that tomorrow at 5 p.m., this is the the deadline for President Morsi uh, to call for early presidential elections, and forthwith, they will start the civil disobedience. Uh, So the situation is calm up to now. The streets of Cairo are calm. Uh, There are very few cars in the streets of Cairo, unusual on a weekday. And, uh, we're waiting, uh,
1: we're observing the situation. Alright, when we say, uh, uh, around round about uh, two o'clock, uh, things will start moving. Uh, are the two, uh, opposing sides, uh, will be moving towards Tahrir Square, uh, all at once, uh, simultaneously, or the other group will move the other direction and the other group will move the other direction? I'm, no, I'm also
8: no. talking. Up to now, up to, up to this moment, The opposition uh, assembled in one place, the supporters assembled in the other place. The clashes that took place at the end of the evening yesterday in the governorate took place in front of uh, residences of the Freedom and Justice Party in those governorates. And it was between opposition and supporters, not in the rallies themselves.
1: Hmm. Talk us through the security setup right now there.
8: Well, the situation is uh, a lot of joy among the uh, particular uh, Egyptians. Uh, they feel that salvation is coming soon. Uh, people are not giving it more than a couple of days more for the change to take place, uh, while the supporters of Dr. Mursi are very adamant to keep him in place. Uh, but rumors circulate, all kinds of rumors that, you know, consultations are underway, that political. Uh, uh, parties are talking to each other for the steps during the transition, that uh, maybe there is talk about the committee, a tripartite committee, that will lead the country during the transition when uh, the president accedes to uh, early presidential elections. Uh, all these kinds of things are going on now.
1: All right, we thank you very much uh, to our correspondent in uh, Egypt, Haddad Abdel Nabi, at uh, 21 and a half minutes. One right here on midday live on SFM. Let's just go through some of uh, your SMSs uh, quickly. Uh, this one says the exhumation debacle is both sad and unfortunate. The matter should have been dealt with privately by the House of Traditional Leaders. That's uh, Ian uh, Matikoto in Sushiko there. And this one is incomplete, but it's interesting. Um, and then, of course, it's not signed. Uh, to my knowledge, Manda has jammed the gun. He's uh, the grandchild. He has got no rights to make decisions uh, without uh, Manda. Ella's daughters have uh, got a similar situation where a grandchild is demanding a will and of course uh, it continues but it's incomplete and uh, let's go now to the tweets coming through at Kuala B News at SFM Midday Live Uh Pumlani Malinga saying that uh, we are so patient with the AMCO uh, leader there, they need uh, for scrap is putting people's lives and livelihoods at risk, uh, they should be stopped says uh, Pumla Malinga at Pumla Malinga there, just uh, some of your SMS's coming through and of course If we do not read your SMS today, don't despair because it will appear on our Twitter page. If uh, your SMS came through at 34701 and it was not read, we shall put it up on our Twitter page at SAFM Midday Live. The manufacturing sector has made some gains in June, urging up to 51.6 points from May's 50.4 points by the weaker rand. This is according to the Purchasing Managers' Index released earlier today. The PMI shows that conditions have improved marginally. However, outlook for the sector is expected to remain challenging. In an environment of muted demand and relatively high input prices, meanwhile, China's uh, HSBC and uh, official purchasing managers' indexes reached multi-month lows in June on uh, faltering new orders, boding ill uh, for the uh, boarding ill for the world's second-largest economy. Shoro filed this report for us.
9: Conditions in the economy's second largest sector manufacturing remains tough despite a slight improvement of 1.2 points in June. The Purchasing Managers Index, PMI, has stayed just above 50 points for the past three consecutive months, denoting a marginal expansion. This follows a slight improvement in all the sub-indices except for the Employment Index, which continues to fall. Kunrad Peselenhout is Executive Director at the Manufacturing Circle.
7: The latest uh, PMI figures confirmed our belief that uh, the resilience of manufacturing is still stable and that uh, there's
6: no significant changes expected uh, in the foreseeable future.
9: Manufacturing dropped by 1.9% in the first quarter while mining rebounded slightly, growing by a seventh of a percent. Analysts are still somewhat pessimistic about output in the sector. Isaac Macheko is an economist with NetBank.
7: Things are not looking very bright for both the manufacturing and mining sectors. We are very worried about relations in those two sectors we are likely to see strikes in those sectors and if we see strikes that will be very negative for output
9: PMI's two largest weighted subcomponents gained some ground after dropping in May after sharing 2.6 points, new sales orders increased by 2.9 points in June and the business activity index rebounded to 52.2 points last month after a 1.6 point decline in the month before suggesting increased demand from the US. The We
7: think that quite possibly government's local procurement drive and the traction that it's starting to gain in the domestic economy is starting to show some results. And we would hope that the private sector will follow suit in that regard.
9: The employment sub-index has stubbornly remained under the key 50-point mark. Analysts say employment is unlikely to return to the pre-crisis peak in the foreseeable future. The outcome of wage negotiations expected to start this month will be an important factor in determining the outlook for employment growth in the second quarter of this year. Macheco again sector, not likely to see a return of jobs very quickly as long
7: as, you know, our local manufacturers face unfavorable conditions such as rising energy costs such as unstable labour relations and also unfavourable global demand.
9: The rand weakness has somewhat helped boost the margins, but until now, manufacturers have not been able to leverage the weaker rand. Last week's SARS trade account showed that exports in May edged up 0.1%, while imports declined 5.8% to 77.51 billion rand. Conrad Pesedenholt says he's hoping conditions will improve for manufacturers to start taking advantage of the weaker currency.
7: That really depends on what happens in our, in the markets of our trade partners rather than with regards to uh, anything that that manufacturers can do to, to change the situation at the end of the week around. Uh, the, of course, the, one of the ways that we can leverage this is by working very hard at improving the access that we enjoy to markets in Southeast Asia and South America.
9: Meanwhile, growth in China's manufacturing sector tells a story of an economy struggling for growth momentum, increasing concerns that China's economic cool down could deepen in the second quarter country's official manufacturing index slipped to 50.1 in June from May's 50.8 points, while U.S. manufacturing activity grew in June at its slowest pace in eight months as demand dried up. But what does all this mean for global growth? Isaac Macheco explains.
7: When China slows, it has a negative impact on global commodity prices, and South Africa being a commodity exporter always feels the effects of that.
9: For SABC News in Johannesburg, I'm Dima Gass- And uh, with that, let's update
1: your Monday lunchtime
9: markets.
4: Today's JSE report is brought to you by Telcom Business. Convergence, one solution, one service provider. Telcom Business. It's uh, the
1: start of uh, the second half of the year. How are the markets looking? Let's say good afternoon to Sudhir Singh of Sassfin Securities. How are we looking today, Sudhir?
10: Well, Bongi, uh, global markets have been mixed this morning. Asian markets kicked off uh, the quarter on a weak note as manufacturing slowed in China, according to the latest data. European stocks uh, had started uh, with gains on the back of broker upgrades, however, pulled back on weaker economic data. Over on Wall Street, uh, earnings are expected to come under further scrutiny uh, in, in the second half of the year amid talk of the U.S. Fed dialing back its asset purchase program. Just taking a look at the U.S. stock futures, it is pointing to a positive opening later on this afternoon. Locally the JSE kicked off the day lower, however we have turned positive on the back of gains in the retailers. On the rent front, the exchange rate has steadied against the U.S. dollar as investors are concerned eases over an early withdrawal of U.S. stimulus. Taking a look at the local indices, we've got the gold index which is up 0.8%. Resource 10 Index is up 0.4%. Industrial 25 Index is up 0.6%. The Financial Index is up 0.7%. And overall, the market is up around 242 points, or 0.6%, 39,820.
1: Stocks on the move today, Sadir.
10: on the upside, we have Clix, which is up 3.5% at 57 rands and 40 cents. Truett is up 3.4% at 90 rands. ShopRite is up almost 2% of 188 rands and 90 cents. Poshini is up almost a percent at 99 rands and 60 cents. And on the downside, we have Taste, which is down just under 2.5% at 3 Rand and 60 cents. Kumba is down 2% at 451 Rand and 50 cents. Bagel Reed is down almost a percent at 7 Rand and 90 cents. And lastly, we have Imperial, which is down 0.2% at 209 Rand and 50 cents.
1: And uh, your latest market indicators?
10: Currently, we have Gold, which is trading at $1,242.20 an ounce. Tathnam is at $1,349 an ounce. Ran crude is at $102.70 per barrel. And finally, we have the REN which is trading at 9 rand, 90 cents to the dollar, 15 rand, 10 cents to the pound, and 13 rand to the euro. That's it from me, Bongi.
4: Thank you very much to Sudhir Singh of SASFIN Securities. This feature was brought to you by Telcom Business. Talk to Telcom Business about getting you on the journey to convergence with a tailor-made solution. Telcom Business. Marilyn, please call and cancel my exercise therapy session with a calisthenics posture gait, and lower lumbar vertebrae specialist.
11: The chiropractor? Sir. Yes,
4: that's the word I was looking for. Using several words when one will get the job done doesn't make sense. Neither does using several providers when you can get voice, mobile, fixed data, cloud and IT from one service provider. Call 10217-click telcom.co.za forward slash business or visit a telcom direct store and get a tailor-made solution. Convergence. One solution, one service provider telecom business
0: midday live on SAFM 104 to 107
1: Let's go to the UK now where hearing to de- hearings to decide whether British shrew and Diwani should be extradited to stand trial in South Africa currently underway in London. The case has been repeatedly adjourned to allow him to get better but now his lawyers say his health is deteriorating. His lawyers have urged uh, or rather argued in previous hearings that uh, Diwani wouldn't get a fair trial in South Africa. For more on this now we joined on the line by our London correspondent Elena Kassas, good afternoon to you Elana Hello Shorin Dewani appearing in court today or the matter going to court but really uh, three, three choices that are there for him be examined further to see if uh, indeed he is really sick get better and be extradited to South Africa or be declared sick and uh, that's the end of the story which one is which right now what is being argued in court
11: well, the hearing hasn't actually started yet today, and we have yet to see Sirian Diwani either. Of course, the hearing can continue without his needing to be present. Some of his relatives are here, his father and brother, and also the family of Annie Diwani. Um, but he's yet to be seen here this morning. We're expecting his lawyers to argue then that he's still suffering too badly from depression and post-traumatic stress disorder to enable him to get stressed in South Africa. Of course, this hearing isn't actually deciding whether he should eventually be extradited. That decision has already been made. The uh, British Home Secretary, Theresa May, signed a warrant in 2011 allowing his extradition. And then, as you say, the case has been adjourned over and over again, and his extradition has been postponed because his lawyers have successfully argued that he's too ill to stand trial in South Africa. Now, uh, the judge then needs to decide, as you say, if the case should be adjourned again give him a chance to get better to recover from this depression. As you said, his lawyers are arguing that he has deteriorated again. So they could further postpone it. They could, of course, decide that his uh, depression and post-traumatic stress disorder are so severe that he'll never recover sufficiently to be tried, in which case uh, the South Africa would have the right to appeal. And then, of course, they could decide that he is now well enough and he should be expedited.
1: Is, uh, is the state uh, that side losing patience with uh, with uh, Di- Di- Diwani? Are they are they looking at this as a delaying tactic, or they they, they feeling that uh, uh, there might be a, a genuine uh, uh, issue here that is being raised by him and his uh, uh, legal representatives?
11: Well, at the last hearing, both legal teams agreed that he wasn't mentally well enough to be standing trial in South Africa. The other arguments that had been advanced by his defence were rejected, if you like. So the court agreed at the last hearing that he had that South Africa would give him a fair trial and that once South Africa had given guarantees that he could be held in a private cell, if he is sent to South Africa, then the arguments that were advanced about his human rights possibly being affected by bad treatment in prison, those have been rejected. So all they'll be arguing about today is the grounds of his mental health. So they'll need strong psychiatric evidence to show that he's still too ill to be able to stand trial.
1: And uh, where is uh, Shrewin Diwani uh, right now as we speak? Is he, is he attending uh, some, some rehabilitation process? Is he at home? What is, what is happening with him?
11: He's been held in a secure psychiatric hospital in Bristol in the west of England since his last hearing. So there he's undergoing treatment to enable him to recover from the depression and post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh,
1: maybe Elena, it will help us uh, just to take us a little back uh, when, when this whole thing started. Uh, when it started, he was not, he was not ill. He, he didn't have uh, the, the, this problem that he has right now. And uh, at, at what stage of, of the trial did, did uh, he, he fall ill?
11: During the one, he has been in psychiatric care on and off ever since the initial beginning of this trial. Um, He has had depression and post-traumatic stress disorder. He attempted suicide in early 2011. When he's uh, uh, the original execution proceedings going through, so he and he has relapsed over and over again. We've had moments in which his psychiatrist and lawyers said his mental state was getting better, and then he suffered another relapse. Of course, as a lawyer I spoke to this morning, told me the very nature of his case makes it very difficult for someone of fragile mental health, just because it's in so undecided. The lawyer was saying that perhaps just the fact of it being decided one way or the other, even if that is to extradite him to South Africa, might be good for his mental health on the grounds that he simply needs a clear decision and that the kind of legal limbo that he's in might be worsening his situation.
1: And uh, what happens now going forward? He's appearing in court today or uh, his legal representatives at least will be there. And then what happens after that? What is being argued and then what are the pos- possible outcomes of, of, of that, uh, left or right?
11: Well, we're expecting five days of hearings. As I say, the only question really on the table is whether he is mentally able to stand trial in South Africa or whether his depression is too severe to enable him to be able to stand trial at all. There aren't really any other grounds that the defence will be arguing to try and block his extradition. It's just a question of his mental health. So we're expecting to hear from psychiatrists who will be talking about how severe his condition is, whether his post-traumatic stress disorder is too bad to enable him to be extradited. And, uh, of course, we will also be hearing from South African government lawyers who are quite keen to get this case resolved as soon as possible to get him sent to South Africa. And, as I said, there are three possible outcomes. Either a decision could be made that he ought to be extradited, in which case his legal team have 14 days to appeal on a point of law to the British Supreme Court, who may or may not then decide to hear that appeal. And if they decided not to, then he would be extradited within 28 days. The court could decide to further adjourn it to give him more time to get better in which case it would be pushed further down the line. Alternatively, they could decide that his condition is so severe he will never be well enough to stand trial in South Africa, and then the South African uh, government will have a chance to appeal that.
1: Ilana Casas, thank you very much Our correspondent based in London At seven and a half minutes now To one with that uh, We will be going to uh, Of course uh, create uh, with uh, Michelle Constant But oh boy oh boy what a match uh, This morning uh, it was indeed great uh, And uh, Frederico Chavez-Gueres Better known as uh, just Fred Scored a brace as Brazil beat World And uh, European champion Spain 3-0 To win the Confederations Cup Here's uh, a Shiba of that report
12: Coach Felipe Scolari has returned to the Brazilian family to spearhead them back to their winning ways. And by his own account, his young squad has won its way. They've made the Confed Cup their own by winning it on three consecutive occasions. But Spain hadn't been beaten in a competitive match since they won the World Cup in South Africa in 2010. And Brazil have now proven that Spain are not invincible. It all happened very fast. Fred opened for Brazil two minutes into the match. Neymar put the host two up just before halftime. Fred scored his fifth goal in five matches early in the second half to complete Brazil's tally before Sergio Ramos missed a penalty kick for Spain in the 55th minute. Spain defender Gerard Piquet was sent off for fouling Neymar in the 68th minute and it was all over for the defending world champions. Neymar was named player of the tournament.
3: I hope I adapt very quickly. Obviously it is a very different change I'm going to undergo, but it is something new. It's something that is good. I'm going to a team which is one of the biggest teams in the world where there are great players. So I'm really very happy and I hope I adapt as quickly as possible and that next year I can have a great World Cup.
12: For Spain, it's a lesson that maybe it's time to bring more youth on board. But Spain coach, Vincente Del Bosque, says it's too soon to push the panic buttons. We're very happy how we fared over the last few years. Our track record makes us proud, victory-wise, game-wise. And you have to analyze a defeat. Of course, it does not simply have a one-step. And then go on. Brazil has been better this time, and we still have a long stretch in front of us. September six is an important uh, step. We will have to win to be here for the World Cup.
1: That report by Tim Shiba. Time now for Create with Michelle Constant. Create is proudly presented by Business and Arts South Africa, bringing the business of the arts and the art of business together.
6: As we go into the fifth day of the National Arts Festival in Grahamstown, I'm once again in awe of the creativity that's on show. Every year, artists and audiences gather together in Grahamstown, growing the country's social capital and economy. As always, there's a plethora of performances and events highlighting the skills of the creative community. Standard Bank Young Artist for Performance Art, Anthea Moyes, has delighted both young and old with her Anthea Moyes vs. the City of Grahamstown series. Every day, Moyes takes on another aspect of the city, whether it's the chess club, the soccer club, the dance club, the school's choir, or the South African battle reenactments club. So far, she's on a losing streak, having lost against the battle reenactments, the dance club, and the choirs. You be the judge. Today she takes on the Rhodes Chess Club of Grahamstown and we wait in anticipation. Mary Sibunder, who won the Standard Bank Young Artist for Visual Arts, offers a striking pair of works in two venues. Part sci-fi, part South African history, the works pay tribute to her past and indeed our future. Working with purple fabric and creating what can best be described as a cascade of roots or worms or even aliens taking over the human body, in this particular case the statue of her alter ego, the piece is utterly disturbing but super powerful.
3: I've actually borrowed from sci-fi movies Mm because I wanted the the work to move forward and when I thought of forwardness and I thought of well it's futuristic and futuristic that Immediately, you just go to aliens and you know how how we imagine the future.
6: That was Standard Bank Young Artist Mary Sibande. Brett Piper, CEO of Kunst On Beperk, which presents the Absa Kleinkeuruan National Kunstafiers or the and Ka, lists a few of his highlights and the underlying theme at this year's festival.
4: Well, I always make a point of having a look at what the Standard Bank Young Artist Award winners are bringing to the festival, and I've been truly inspired by what I've been able to see the last couple of days. Um, I was inspired to hear Shane Cooper, who did uh, the most wonderful international collaboration uh, as part of the Jazz Festival. And last night I saw Gregory Makroma's Exit Exists. I've seen uh, other plays, uh, a veteran like Mongenian Gemma, bringing his, his very personal take on Zulu history to the festival. And so on a couple of levels I'm really interested in how History is present in the work of young artists. People are revisiting classic South African works, works from the struggle period, works that engage with colonial history, even pre-colonial history, and really kind of emphasizing how we tie it to that history, how it's still present and how we're still working through it.
6: That's Brett Piper. The Absa Kakan Ka turns 20 next year, alongside the two decades of our democracy. And finally... Yesterday saw the winners of the inaugural Barca National Arts Festival Arts Journalism Awards being announced. Charles Blifno of the City Press walked away with the Arts Journalist Award of the Year, whilst his colleague, Percy Mabandu, was awarded the Features Journalist Award. The Review and Opinion Awards went to Anastila and Brooke Spector, respectively, and Philip DeVette won a gold for his work on the artist Durant Sihlale. And that's it from me, Michelle Constant, at the Grahamstown National Arts Festival. This feature was produced by Monique Stunder, and I'll be back again on Wednesday. You can email me on create at baza.co.za.
4: Create. Proudly brought to you by Business and Arts South Africa. Creating new opportunities for business arts partnerships. Email create at baza.co.za.
1: Thanks, to the team. It's 1 o'clock, and Nancy Richards is up next with otherwise. Bye-bye.